www.trinity1874.com. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Doris, Brianna, and Michelle for Orville's 85th birthday on December 17th and thankfulness to God for the many blessings we have received. May God bless us as we worship together. everyone. Welcome to worship this morning. It's great to be with you all here on Sunday morning, the Lord's Day, to worship and to receive from God His great gifts that He has planned for us of His wondrous Word and His great sacraments this morning. Please stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. And members, if you see people that you don't know or don't recognize, please say, go say hi and welcome them today. Oh, there it goes. Ah, very good. So as you are taking your seats, just uh, one word of announcements for this morning. Our children's choir is here from our church and our school to share with us their, uh, not only their talent in singing, but to uh, really enrich our service here this morning. And so we are thankful for them and thankful for their teachers that have so wonderfully prepared them. And so let's begin this morning with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And Lord, we thank you for it is your holy gospel that has called us here. Lord, we are not here by accident or by chance, but because your word calls us so. And so, Lord, we ask that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship. And Lord, truly better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. So we make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. 
We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn today is number 331 in the Lutheran service book, The Advent of Our King, verses 1, 2, and 3. I will hope continually. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. With the mighty deeds of the Lord, I will come. O God, from my youth you have taught me. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we ask you to hear our prayers and to lighten the darkness of our hearts by your gracious visitation. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from Isaiah chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. 
Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame man shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and water in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water, and the haunt of jackals where they lie down. The grass shall become reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way, even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, they shall obtain gladness, and in sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of our Lord. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming to you. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Once again, our special music today comes to us from the Trinity Lutheran School Children. Well, if there are any children left in the pews, please come forward for the children's message. And if you have your mighty mites, bring those too.
Well, good morning. Wow, that's pretty weak. Let's try it again. Good morning. Good morning. All right, turn around here so you can see what's going on. All right, I have a number here. Ready? How, what is, what's so good about the number 10 today? Oh, 10 more days till Christmas. You got that down pat, don't you? We're getting pretty close. You can count it on two hands. 10 more days. 10 more days. And we get to open our presents. Something we're just excited about. So uh, it's been a while since uh, our, my two sons were your age. And so it's been a while since I've bought Christmas gifts or children your age. So maybe you can help me with something this morning. What are some of the greatest Christmas gifts we're thinking we might find under the tree? Presents. Presents, yes. Generic, I like that. Yeah, presents. You just want to open them up. Yes. What's that? Oh, the love of Jesus as a gift. Okay, that's good, yes. What about the presents you're going to open? What kind of... What kind of things do you hope are under the tree? Toys. What kind of toys? Dragon toys, every toy you want. What else? Anybody uh, hoping to get maybe uh, a stuffed animal or a, or a doll or anything? Yeah. Uh, you? Okay. Anybody hoping under the tree uh, they might find some sort of an electronic game? Something like that. Oh, yeah, okay. We're getting warm now. <laughs> Anybody hoping under the tree they might find a pair of socks? <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good, because that's what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. All great gifts that we're anticipating about getting, except maybe for the pair of socks. But um, so in today's uh, lesson, in uh, just a few moments, uh, we get to hear again about one of our great Bible heroes, John the Baptist. And we find John the Baptist in prison, and he has heard about all of these really great things that Jesus has been doing while he's been in prison. So he asked some of his friends, you go to Jesus, and you ask him this question. Are you the one we've been waiting for? Or should we be waiting for someone else? And so they went and asked Jesus this question. Are you the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for? Or should we be waiting for someone else? And Jesus told him, go back and tell John this. The blind can see. The crippled can walk. Those with many skin diseases are being healed. The dead are being raised to life. And so John went back, or they went back and told John this. What a wonderful gift, isn't it? For those who could not walk, that could walk. Those who were blind could now see. Those who are poor in spirit were going to get to hear the good news of Jesus, the Messiah. So I mention all these things to you because as we wait and anticipate, and rightfully so, for those great gifts we get to open under the tree, the greatest gift that we have to remember for this Christmas season is Christ in the Christmas season. The gift that he gives all of us, the gift of everlasting life. What a great gift God has given us as the reason we celebrate in 10 more days. So let's pray, shall we? And thank God for this. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the greatest gift of your son, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. Okay, go on back to your seats.
James, the fifth chapter. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who was to come, or should we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there, is not, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who was least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears, let him hear. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Our hymn of the day is number 346 in the Lutheran service book, When All the World Was Cursed, number 346.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may the meditation of our hearts this morning, the words of my mouth, be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Gospel reading and a sprinkling of the Epistle reading this morning serves as the basis for this message. The Lord provides what we need to obey his call for patience as we await his return. Patience. Now there is a word that strikes fear in the hearts of men and women alike. If you look up its meaning in the dictionary, you're going to find something like this. Calm endurance of hardship or annoyance or inconvenience or delay in dealing with others. Does any of that describe you? Does it line up with one of your key personality characteristics? So what sort of things try your patience? Ah, the holiday season. Oh, the experience of Christmas shopping. Really gets you in the mood, doesn't it? You have your list, you get to the store, and you start out by having to drive around the parking lot for about 10 minutes. And then you find the most narrowest parking space at the furthest point from the store. And what is it with people who don't know how to park? Why can't people fit the car between the two white lines? Well, after walking the length of 12 football fields, you finally make it into the store, and there you see people standing, some people pushing and shoving. You get the things on your list, and you head to checkout only to find the checkout lines are all full. It's decision time. Which line do you get in? Why do I always pick the slowest line? People fumbling with their wallets, engaging the cashier in nonsensical discussions that have nothing to do with the business at hand. My jaws are getting tight just thinking about it. We say to our children, patience is a virtue, as they snoop around for clues as to what they're getting for Christmas. Well, if patience is a virtue, then it might be suggested that impatience is a sin. Do you get impatient with others? How do you react when someone does not live up to your expectations? Well, in verse 2 of our Gospel message, we find John the Baptist is in prison. He was put there about a year earlier by King Herod and would soon be executed. John wanted to verify the reports that he had heard about Jesus, so he sends his disciples to Jesus and asks, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? What was John thinking when he asked this question to Jesus? Was he disillusioned because the kingdom didn't come in time to keep him out of prison? Was he looking for a flashier kind of Messiah? One that was more fire and brimstone like he was? Was John running out of patience? Well, he was certainly running out of time, wasn't he? Make no mistake about it. John was having his doubts. He too was looking for a Messiah sent by God to restore Israel to its former glory. John was all fired up about the coming of the Messiah and was originally very much convinced that Jesus was the one. But something about the way things were shaping up, this whole thing didn't look quite right. Jesus was a very different kind of Messiah than the one people were looking for, the one he had in mind. John had foretold about the one coming after him that would cut down the fruitless trees and separate the wheat from the chaff. The Messiah was to assert his authority in powerful ways, remove Roman rule, restore Israel to his former glory. He should be entering Jerusalem on a great white horse, not a donkey, a beast of burden. But this is not Christ's way, is it? The Christ must suffer and die 
and his servants must bear crosses with him, as we see in Matthew chapter 16, beginning at the 21st verse. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. John was looking for Jesus to bring judgment and restitution, which will indeed come. Not just now. For now we need to practice patience and wait for the Lord. Although it's difficult to be patient when you are suffering, when you are in need, when you get to a point where you you don't feel like living is really worth it, we might find sometimes ourselves identifying with the expectations of John and the others and find it surprising that God would act in this way. If Jesus is the Christ, why hasn't he restored all things? If Jesus is the Christ, why does Why do his followers continue to suffer persecutions, even today? And then we see in the epistle of James chapter 5, it sheds great insight into how we are to live our lives now. As James wrote these words to the early Christian congregations, he had heard of their great oppression and being persecuted and exploited. He gives them warning about being tempted to forget about God and think there is no future, to begin to think, There's no hope. It's tempting to give up when you're enduring hardship or perhaps have endured hardship for a very long time. But Jesus tells us to trust patiently in God. He uses the example of the farmer who plants in the spring with the expectant hope of a harvest in the fall. The farmer plants with the expectation that God will send rain and sunshine at just the right times always trusting that God will bless that which has been planted and cared for. And I'll give you a little extra insight. In this message, there are three golden nuggets. So if you learn nothing else, listen for the three golden nuggets, and here's one. It's time for you to participate. True or false? Patience and trust go hand in hand when it comes to following the Lord. True or false? How many think true? Go ahead, it's okay. How many think that's not so true? Well, it is true. This is true in farming and it's true in living our lives here and now. All of us continue to deal with the effects of sin, illness, pain, broken relationships, struggles of all kinds, and we may or may not experience healing of these things this side of eternity. We grow weary in our waiting. Yet there is wonderful grace and how God acted, even if unexpectedly, in the humble service of his son. Jesus came to save Israel from sin and its effects, those things which kept them from a strong relationship with the Lord. You see, Israel's main problem was sin and constant rebellion against God. The miracles Jesus performed, the blind receiving sight, the lame walking, lepers being cleansed, the deaf Now hearing, the dead being raised and the poor having the gospel preached to them, indeed show that Jesus came to undo sin and its effects. Single-handedly, by the way. Perhaps this should have been expected by the people, for in this Jesus fulfilled many of God's promises made through the prophet Isaiah. Ultimately, Jesus' death would serve as a ransom for many. That God would save Israel and all people through Jesus' humble service, suffering and death, is perhaps most unexpected, yet also the most wonderful. For those to whom God's reign in Jesus comes, there is now forgiveness, new life, and salvation. Many in Israel were saved by the works of Jesus Christ. Make no mistake about it. The gospel continues to call us to faith and new life in Jesus. Those who believe in Jesus are blessed, and the least person in the kingdom of heaven is great because we experience God's saving grace now in Jesus Christ our Lord. 
Make no mistake about it. Jesus will return to restore all things on the last day. On that day, God's people will experience full restoration, where the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and the dead rise to eternal life. And here's your second golden nugget. Jesus' work of salvation shows that he is the promised Christ. He is the coming one. We've been given a careful record of the lives of those ancient people in faith so that we can see the Lord. All along, he is there with his people. In his mercy, he never allows them to suffer more than they can bear. In his compassion, he provides them complete salvation. And it's all by the plan, laid out thousands of years before, to come into our world and patiently take our place. You see, Christ Jesus was patient for us. Patient with the ridiculous false accusations against him. Patiently bearing the cross to the hill where he agonized for hours before he died. The Lord's purpose in all of this and all that he's been doing is to get you to know his compassion and mercy. His purpose is that you would look to him constantly, that you would tear your gaze away from all those distractions, all those grievances you have, all that taxes your patience. And look to the cross, where his mercy forgives you and his compassion saves you for eternity in heaven. This is what is of the most importance in our lives. Third and final golden nugget. Even though we are impatient, take heart in knowing your impatience is forgiven. You have something worth waiting for, however long it takes. And while we wait, we spend our energy loving others, helping our neighbors, and telling the poor in spirit of the love of Jesus. And in closing, I can't help but think of the powerful words found in the hymn, Jesus, still lead on. These go like this. Jesus, still lead on till our rest be won. And although the way be cheerless, we will follow calm and fearless. Guide us by your hand to our fatherland. When we seek relief from a long-felt grief, when temptations come alluring, make us patient and enduring. Show us that bright shore where we weep no more. Amen. Please stand as we share our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one true God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. this time we will gather our tithes and offerings and the pew that you are in is a red sign-in book and so whether you are a member or a guest with us 
We ask that you would fill that out so that we know that you were here to worship with us. Uh, and with that, we will collect our tithes and offerings. Please stand. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week to tear our gaze away from all the distractions, all the grievances that we have that tax our patience. And instead, look at the cross where your mercy and compassion save us. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery or treatment, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all of those on our health list. Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dodson, Bob Yelinek, Gary Degan, Gary Magruder, Emma Conklin, Brenda, Wayne Towers, Rose Marie, John Alexander, John Eden, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Nellie, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, 
Phil, Tom, Louita, Judy, Louise, Ruth, Dana, Dennis Nost, Sherry Johnson, Little Sutton Grace, and Margaret Holly. All of these, Lord, we lift up to you, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally in our state and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We lift up to you in prayer, Christopher Smith, David Hessman, Luke Sharp, and Derek Moore. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your angels to watch over them, to protect them against all harm. Strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. For the birthdays being celebrated, we give thanks to you, O Lord, for the many blessings you have given to your servants, Norma Kaiser, celebrating 92 years of life, and Orville Meyer, celebrating 85 years, especially for bestowing on them length of days in this present life. Grant that they may always know your loving kindness, abide in the confession of your name, and put trust each day in your gracious care and protection. May the celebration of their birth be a celebration of life both now and the life yet to come. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we honor you by many names. Today, we pray to you as the Lord and giver of life. We pray for all those who mourn the loss of a loved one. Lift up the family and friends of Fred Shane. Fred's now with you, Jesus. He has at last seen you face to face. We give you thanks for keeping your promise of receiving into your heavenly kingdom all who believe in your promise of salvation through faith. Gracious Father, it is at times like these that we need you to give those who grieve an extra measure of your grace and love. Comfort them with the assurance that all believers will one day be with you and all the saints as we spend eternity in heaven, where there is no more pain, loneliness, or despair. Lord, in your mercy. Most gracious God, we give you thanks for the joy and blessings that you give to husbands and wives. Assist them always by your grace that with true fidelity and steadfast love they may honor and keep their marriage vows, grow in love toward you and each other, and come at last to the eternal joys that you have promised. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, Keep us focused on what's most important to our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word, spend time in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally nurture the love we have for you and one another. Lord, in your mercy. And to your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And we pray the prayer the Lord himself taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the, Lord look, may the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen.
our closing hymn for today is from Lutheran Service Book, number 331, verses 4, 5, and 6. Just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, communion, sorry, communion, wear, care. Say that five times fast. The sign-up sheet is in the narthex, so if you would like to assist us with that, we would be very appreciative. Orders for portals of prayer and the Lutheran witness need to be turned in to the church office by December the 20th. Also, there will be no choir practice on Wednesday the 18th. And the Ozark Festival Orchestra Christmas Concert is today at 3 p.m. at Monette High School Performing Arts Center. And as we prayed for just a moment ago, Fred Shane went to his heavenly home on December the 10th. The funeral service will be held here at church this afternoon at 2 p.m. There will be a lunch following the funeral service. And then finally, this Wednesday night is our last uh, Wednesday night Advent midweek service. So if... uh, we ask that you would um, please join us for that time of worship. And we thank the kids who were here today to sing, and we thank their teachers for preparing them. And I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week.
It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on FreistatRadio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things.